Hey there, I'm Brittany, and welcome to the Cape Cod Church Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at capecodchurch.com. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy this message in our current series. Well, good morning, and welcome to Cape Cod Church. Uh, This isn't uh, what we had planned at the beginning of the year, but here we are. Well, actually, here I am, and there you are, but here we are. And we're in Luke chapter 15. Uh, We're diving into the third week of this series, Hidden Me. Uh, Have you ever had maybe a dog? I I had one like this in your childhood, in my childhood, that uh, loved to dig holes and uh, would bury things. Maybe you've had a dog that loves to bury things and then dig them up later. And you know this, that when they get dug up later, they're not pretty. And what do you do with it? And they end up burying it again and digging it up again and burying it again and digging it up again, every time a little bit uglier. So for the past couple of weeks, it turns out we've been digging some stuff up. We've been digging up hurt. We've talked about failure and what that failure can feel like and how it can come to identify us and what the lesson of the Father is. And we've talked about lies, the lies we end up living out, the lies that wrap themselves around our soul that are whispered by the world, the flesh, and the devil. And we end up living out. And all of this has brought up pain and hurt and struggle and story. And so in this third week, we want to deal with that hurt. And to do that, we turn to the older brother. The older brother in the story is the one who is often a a bit of an afterthought, just a curmudgeon that wouldn't join the party. I'm not sure that's the right way to look at the story. In fact, when Jesus was telling the story, it's entirely possible that the older brother was meant to be the central figure, or at least the protagonist. The, the story revolved around him. Remember that Jesus is telling this story to an audience of religious leaders who were angry with him because he was partying, hanging out, doing life with people they thought were unworthy, sinners, despicable people. And Jesus tells these three stories in Luke 15 as a response to that. And then he gets, at the last moment, to the story of the prodigal and then the older brother to make his point to Pharisees who didn't understand why Jesus would celebrate with sinners. This piece of the story teaches us about how hurt takes up residence in our life and then how we can handle it. Let me begin by reading to you a piece of this. Luke 15, verse 22. And if you've got your Bibles and you want to follow along, this will be a good passage. And we're going to be in Luke 15 all day. In verse 22, it says, But his father said to the servants, 
Quick, bring the finest robes in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. And so you see where we are in the story. The, the, the prodigal who's wasted his life and found himself in the pig pen and come to himself, has run home and met the grace of the father. And now the father is, is hatching a, a party, the most unexpected of all parties. This is the ultimate surprise party. And he tells his servants, quick, get the robe, get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. These were, these were all the, the signs of family membership. This is what you would give to remind this young man that he was a son. And then famously, and kill the calf, we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this, son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. <laughs> I love that. But that's not where we finish today. We go to the next verse. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. <laughs> of course he was, because he was the one that did the right thing. He never left his post. He was always there with the work to be done and the right word to be said, honoring his father. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants, hey, what's going on? Verse 27, the, the servant says, your brother is back, he was told. And your father has killed the fatted calf and we are all celebrating because of his safe return. He says it expecting that the brother will, will join in the celebration. In verse 28, the older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. But he replied, all these years I have slaved for you. You see, this is the, the, the part that we didn't see coming. The, the, the father is throwing a, a party. It's an unexpected party. It's a, a surprise party. He's bending social conventions. Normally when a wayward son who's embarrassed the family comes home, you quietly ease him back into life. But not this dad. He's, he, he's throwing social convention to the wind and he's throwing a party because his son who was dead is now alive again and he's celebrating with him. And now the older brother lets slip what's been growing in his heart. All these years, I've slaved for you. Th that word carries with it the impact of the sentence. You can hear the emphasis on slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing that you told me. And in all that time, all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet, when this son of yours, not this brother of mine, this son of yours, comes back after squandering your money 
on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fatted calf. Have you ever been to a tense family gathering where there's tension in the room you could cut with a knife? People are avoiding each other, not saying what's on their mind, or maybe they are saying what's on their mind and it gets even uglier. If so, you can picture the room right now. The mature brother that do the right thing every time brother is angry. He's hurt. We, we, we didn't even see this coming. I mean, we thought the story was over and we were to the celebration part of the story and we're just reveling in a father and a son embracing after a long departure and, and, and here's a, a brother and he's, he's angry and underneath his anger is something else. It's hurt. He's resentful. He's been holding this in and this pain and this indignation, the sense that he hadn't been appreciated or seen or heard. And here, his little brother getting all the attention. I think that this, this story here of the older brother is a, a lesson and maybe this is the first lesson. It's, it's the problem that we're struggling with, and it's the problem that, that hurt, that hides in us. It has a way of just burrowing itself just beneath the, the surface of our life, and it's, it's hiding there. I, I want to point out a, a few things that will, will help us to to maybe see beneath the surface and to see where the hurt is hiding. Because here's the first thing, and you see it in this story. You can, you can be in the right and still be wrong. You can be the one who did the right thing and took the right stand and said all the right things and was in the right place and kept your word and lived with integrity and honor and and we're taken advantage of and offended. And you, you can list off the long list of things that were done to you. You can be in the right and still be wrong. Have you, have you ever been in the right and then you saw something that was wrong growing inside of you? You've been wrong for sure. You've been wronged and the wrong has buried itself deep inside of you, but then it starts to grow into something all of its own and it, it grows into something in you that's, that's wrong. Oh, you were right in the, in the initial. You did the right thing. You took the right stand and you endured through the offense, but somehow that, that moment morphed into something else. And while you were right then, it's grown into something inside of you that, 
that, that, that's wrong. And the, the party is just the moment that it comes out. And if you've ever been there, if you've ever felt that and almost been shocked at what you were capable of feeling towards another person, then you've seen what the depth of hurt and you've seen how that you can be right and you can be the right person and on the right side of the offense and, and still be wrong. There's something else and, and hurt hides here. And, and this is, this is even harder to spot, but maybe just by calling it out, you can see it. You can be, here it is, you can be hurt by someone and angry with God. You can be hurt by what they did, but underneath that, there's, a, there's an anger and a resentment towards, towards God. I'm, I'm just... I'm just asking you in this moment that 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 anger that 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 is a, a seething part of your life that that stems from that hurt, that offense that has happened in the past. Is it possible that you're actually angry with with God? That you're you expected Him to do more, to be quicker with justice. God, like, how come he gets a party? I feel like he doesn't deserve a party. I didn't get a party. He did wrong, and my life has been struggling, and yet it feels like he's, he's flourishing, and, and, and our anger becomes directed almost in subtle ways that are hard to spot against God. You see, when, when you begin to see that hurt in your life has metastasized into something uglier, you see, because hurt is never, it's never benign always has to be dealt with. But when you begin to see that it's metastasizing into something uglier and more dangerous in your life, you'll have to find a way to deal with it. And this story in the older brother shows us something that is difficult and powerful. And it's where I want to get to because all of this was just to set up this next piece because Jesus has a solution. Let me read to you these, these verses. The father is, is God is older son and he's standing outside the house and the party's going on behind him and the music is pumping and the smell of barbecue is everywhere and there's laughter and singing and dancing and the father is out here and he's, he's pleading with the son. Here's what it says in verse 31. He says, his father said to him, look, look, look to your son. You, you have always stayed with me. I just want to pause here for a moment. Do you know, you know what you notice about that? The father, the father's not indignant. He's not impatient. He's not even angry with the older brother. 
I love that picture because, because it's a reminder for us that, that, that in those moments where, where we've become angry with God and, and we've kind of run off our own way, that, that listen, he, he, is, he is slow to anger. He is patient. He is gracious. I, I love that passage in the Old Testament. A bended reed will he not break, the prophet said. And, and there's something about the father, and it shows up here in this passage, is he's pleading with the son. He's like, listen, 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 listen. Look. You have always stayed by me. I get it. I see it. And then he says this. And everything I have is yours. And what he's doing here is he's reminding. He said, oh, come on, look, 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 look. When your brother left, he got what was coming to him. A third of everything I had. The older brother would get two-thirds. The younger, a third. And the father now looks at the son. He goes, look, everything left is yours. In other words, your, your, your brother has come home and, and he's alive and we're celebrating. He's got nothing. That dinner in there is the only food that he has. But you, look, look. He's reminding him about the consequences of his brother's actions. And he's reminding him about the reward of his faithfulness. He's like, no, 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 don't, 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 don't miss this. Everything, everything here is yours. Don't, don't miss my goodness in your life because of my grace in the life of your brother. He says this next in verse 32, he says, we had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he's found. <laughs> you know what the dad is saying? He may be broke, but he's alive. He may be dirty, but he's alive. He may have embarrassed us, but he's alive. And that that we can celebrate. I was reading this sometime back when uh, I started working on this series last year. Or, or rather, as I've said, the series started working on me. And it was verse 28 that just jumped out at me. It, it kind of begins this whole passage. We've already read it, but let me go back to it. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. Period. His father came out and begged him. Begged him. I can hear the father. Son, come to the party. Come. Come to the party. No, no, no. You've got to come to the party. You've got to come to the party. You don't understand. And as the brother stood there with his arms crossed, the father is pleading with him, come. Come to the party. Come to the party. I've come to believe this about this passage. I've come to believe that the simple act of coming to the party is healing. I don't think it was a passing reference. I think the son needed, the older son needed come to the party. Something would happen to him 
at the party. The healing that he needed. His pig pen moment was right now. This was the moment when God was trying to get a hold of his heart and he was doing it by inviting him to come to the party. Listen, something is going to happen. His father is pleading with him. He begged him, come to the party. Here's what I mean. Something something happens to us when God invites us in the middle of our hurt to come to the party, to take a small step of generosity towards our hurt. And maybe what he's inviting you to do right now is take a small step of generosity towards your hurt. See, uh, it's not not far off of what Jesus had been teaching a few chapters before in Luke chapter 6 when he said famously in his most marked statements about this, love your enemies. Do good to them who use you. Pray for people who abuse you, who hate you. Do you see what he's saying? He's saying there's something about the act coming to the party. This wasn't wasn't about a celebration. This was about the heart of the older brother. Something needed to be transformed in that moment. And he's inviting him. He's saying, listen, listen, this is about you. This is about what's broken in your soul. Come, come to the party. And for some of you, the the hurt that's been dug up, what God is inviting you to do, what he's challenging you to do, the hardest thing you'll ever do is to, to come to the party, to take a small step, an act of generosity in the direction of your hurt, a, a kind conversation where there's only been angry words, a, a simple text, a cup of coffee, Maybe it's just a smile or a good morning that it all begins with. But it's an act of generosity, a display of love towards your hurt and the one who's hurt you. You see, this isn't this isn't just a a, a an act of self-sacrifice that somehow God rewards. Don't, 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 don't mistake that, right? Sometimes we think that God, God is inviting us to, to turn the other cheek and to give our coat to the one who demands it of us and to love our enemies. We think he's doing that as, a, as an act of self-sacrifice, as, as if, if we just would sacrifice, he'll bless us with more. But that's not what he's doing here. He's, he's inviting us to do something that actually, that actually transforms us. It's like a school for the soul. That in the act of doing it, we're changed. That that in this this simple act of, of, of coming to the party, our school, our soul goes to school. We're teaching it. We're we're telling it what's true. We're 
We're counteracting the lie that we've been believing that somehow this this hurt and this anger and this this pain that we're holding on to will will somehow make it better. We're we're reacting to the lie and we're we're coming to the the party and we're coming to it. And and in coming to to it, we're taking this this passage and we're, we're making it ours. And what we're saying is we're saying that we're saying, God, you're in charge. That's what happens when you, 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 you take that, that, that small act of kindness, of generosity, of love towards your hurt. You're, 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 you're teaching your soul, God, you're in charge. Justice is yours. It's not mine. Vengeance is, is yours. It's not mine. We're teaching our soul, we're reminding ourselves, we're settling that issue we talked about earlier where our anger is actually with the Father. We're, we're resolving that in one fell swoop by coming to the party through this act of generosity towards our hurt. We're settling. We're saying, God, you, this is yours and you are in control. Justice is yours. Vengeance is yours. And it's settled with you. And we're doing this by walking in to the party. And we're doing something else. We're, 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 we're declaring with, with our actions and we're, we're declaring with what the brother was struggling with that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love you. I'm going to love you. The, and that, that may be the hardest part I, to the one who's hurt you and and this is why Jesus' commands are no joke, right? They're, they're, they're complicated and difficult. They sound good on the surface, but underneath them, they're, just, they're, they're loaded with, with difficulty that only the Holy Spirit can give you the, the, the capacity to do. And, and when we walk into that party, it's like we're declaring, I'm going to love you. And I know some of you are thinking right now, you're thinking, I can't do that, Ben. I can't do that. Every time I talk about this, I'll have somebody come up to me and say, you don't understand. And, and, and it's probably true. I don't know every story and I don't know every valley you've walked through. And it's very likely that you've walked through valleys that are deeper and more painful. And that, and that hurt is, is stuck deeper than I could possibly imagine. But what Jesus is saying comes without limitation. And it works. It works. And you say, but I, I don't. I, I, I can't because I, I don't feel it. It would be hypocritical of me to do. And I would just say it's not hypocritical. It's mature. It's spiritual maturity when you walk into that place, even when you're not feeling it, and you act on what you believe to be true, not on the pain that you're feeling. I've been reading uh, F.B. Meyer, a writer from 100 years ago who, who wrote one of his classic works on searching for guidance and it's a it's a wonderful little book and in it he said something I was reading the other day and he, he said God does not hold us accountable for what we feel but what we will now you have to kind of wade through the language of a hundred years ago but what he's saying is God doesn't hold us accountable for what we feel, but what we will and do. 
for what we decide and what we act on. I read that and I, I sat back and I said, I think, I think that's true. I think that's written all through the words of Jesus when he says, love your enemy. Do good to those who despitefully use you. You see, when we come to the party and we walk through that door with even the smallest act of generosity towards our hurt, we are declaring, God, you are in charge. Justice is yours. Vengeance is yours. I trust you. And we are declaring to another, I've decided to love you. I wonder what happens next. Jesus doesn't tell us. He doesn't tell us how the story finishes. What happens with the older brother. There's no, there's no sequel. He leaves it hanging so we can consider which direction we'll go in. But maybe just to, just to finish, you might sit back and think about that moment. I did. I wonder what the brother did. Maybe he bowed to pressure from his dad. And he went into the party distant and grumpy. You ever done that? You ever walked into that place, did what you had to do, but everything in you said, I don't want to do this. I wonder if the brother could have just walked in, got himself a plate of food, kept his dad happy, muttered a hi and a sarcastic welcome back to his brother, did his duty, and slipped back out when no one was looking. Still a prodigal in his own right. Hmm. But I have higher hopes because the older brother had met the father. And maybe there, standing outside the house with the party going on inside and the father pleading with him. The older brother had his own pig pen moment. The older brother sees the father and his goodness and faithfulness 
And maybe in the distance, he catches a glimpse of his brother. And something in his heart is changed. And he walks into the party. And the little brother sees him because he's been watching for him and wondering. I wonder where my brother is. I wonder what he thinks. I don't think he'll be as gracious as dad was. Then he sees his brother walk through that door. Their eyes meet. The older brother makes his way across the room. And if I get to write the ending, the older brother hugs that younger brother with the same fervency that the father did. That's what Jesus is doing. That's the story that he's showing us. And for some of us, some of you right now, there's a a hurt that's burrowed deep and it's spread and it's become something ugly. But Jesus' solution sits there and waits for you. It's simple. Come to the party. Take a small step, and then another, and another. But start with a small step of generosity towards your hurt. You see, in the end, this story always comes back to the Father. The Father's goodness, the Father's grace, His long-suffering. It's a picture of our Heavenly Father who has waited on us, waited on us, waited on us so that we could turn to Him, whether it's from the pig pen or from the front porch, we could turn to Him in faith trusting him and him alone as our Savior. You see, everything around this story comes back to the gospel. It's always an invitation to follow Jesus. It's his heart for you. It's his heart for the prodigal in the pig pen and the prodigal who's out doing all the right stuff. Each of them needs Jesus in their own way. And while the need for some this morning might be just to simply bow in prayer and begin taking that first step to the party, maybe the first step for you is in following Jesus and saying yes once and for all to his gift. And as we do each week, 
I'd like to finish by giving you a chance to pray and to say yes to Jesus. Would you bow with me wherever you're watching from just to reflect on what it is that God and his spirit might be saying to you. And if you sense he's calling you to follow him, to say yes to him once and for all as your savior, then right where you're watching from, I invite you to pray a simple prayer of faith. There's no magic words. I'll lead you in a prayer in a moment, but it's really the prayer of your heart that he's listening for, that that prayer of faith. The prayer of the prodigal in the pig pen. For the prodigal out working in the field, doing the right thing. Both need to find and follow Jesus. If that's you, I invite you to pray something like this. Dear Jesus, you know everything about me. You know the story of the pig pen. And you know the hurts that have been done to me. You know the places I've gotten it right and how much pride I've taken in those moments. But Father, before you today, I feel humbled. I just need to say yes to your gift of grace and mercy. Jesus Christ, I invite you into my life. I say yes to your gift of forgiveness. Help me now to live my life fully for you. Thank you once and for all for your gift of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. So, before we get ready to close out the service, let me invite you to do something. First, you may be here. And this series, three weeks in, has dredged up all kinds of stuff. Well, let me tell you, next week, we wrap it all up. And barring snowstorms, we'll get to do it together. And I can only tell you this. It ends in a beautiful, beautiful place. But maybe you're wrestling through all of this stuff and you just need to share what's happening in your life, in your heart right now. I want to invite you. There is a Connect card and there'll be links uh, around on social media and on the screen that you can follow and you can just share with us as a, as a prayer request. Here, here's what God's doing in my life and I just wish, Pastor, I wish you'd pray with me. And if you want to keep it private, you can just write private on it and we won't, we won't share it out, but we'd like to pray with you. Or maybe you'd like to know that others are praying with you about what God is doing in your life. We just invite you to use that Connect card to share that story with us and let us join in what God is doing in your life. And then if you're watching and you just took that step of faith, you said yes to the gift of salvation that is in Jesus Christ, I'd love to know it. And 
You can use that same Connect card. There's a place in it that says, I've committed my life to Christ. And if you fill that out, we're going to do two things. One, we're going to celebrate with you. Um, we, we believe that church should have a culture of celebration that reflects heaven. And what we know from Luke 15 is that heaven celebrates that decision. This is what God is all about. You finding life and life to the full. So we invite you to fill that out, mark down. You've committed your life to Christ today. We're going to celebrate with you, and we're going to send you a Bible with a reading guide that gets you started on this journey. And then get ready, because next weekend, we wrap it all together, and we talk about something that is beautiful. Thanks for tuning in to this message from our current series. If this is your first time listening, we'd love to meet you in person. We have services every Sunday at 10 a.m. in East Falmouth, Massachusetts, or join us for our Sunday live stream on YouTube at the same time. If you enjoyed the Cape Cod Church podcast, we hope you'll consider leaving us a review so that other people can discover us too. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode.